In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Eight days. Eight days. This is how long it took for Thomas to realize his incredulity, his mistake. The number eight, as you see from the shape of the number itself, represents a long period, an indefinite time, eternity. In science, as you know, the symbol for infinity is an eight, but sideways. Eight is also the number of the resurrection, of course, for it was on the eighth day after his entry into Jerusalem that Christ rose from the grave. Hope, therefore, can be associated to the number eight in the sense that we await for the coming of the Lord, for his resurrection and for his manifestation. Going back to our gospel today, to St. Thomas, with this idea in mind, we can only be astonished by the fact that the poor disciple who didn't see the risen Christ with the other apostles the first time had to wait eight long days, certainly with anxiety and worry. What if indeed he has risen from the dead? What would the master tell me for my lack of faith? Eight days without being convinced of the resurrection of his beloved Savior, despite the affirmation of his brethren. And that makes us think of our attitude in prayer oftentimes. God is patient and allows us to be tested, to manifest his glory and power even more visibly, if only we dare to be a bit patient and humble. Two aspect, aspects of spiritual life seem to transpire clearly from this episode of Thomas' disbelief and the celebration of the Divine Mercy Sunday today. First, what should be the conditions for our prayers to be answered? And second, in His infinite mercy, Christ gives us everything we need. It seems pretty obvious in the case of St. Thomas, in the case of our own experience as well, that God does not answer prayers right away. Christ could have decided to appear another time. That very same day, when he appeared to all the other disciples, simply to reassure and comfort Thomas, one of his first followers. Remember that Thomas, one of the twelve, had certainly sacrificed his good reputation, benefits of a good life, and faithful entourage to follow Christ and therefore to be now the target and motive of so many mockeries, detractions, attacks from being, for being disciple of the man who just died on the cross, judged by the unjust as the worst of criminals. The sacrifice and the fidelity of Thomas was then certainly worthy of admiration and edification, and yet Christ lets him wait eight days before allowing him to put his finger into his pierced side. But his most intimate desire was still too human, and his faith in the risen Christ still too weak. When we pray, we should always have the will to leave things in God's hands. No matter how ardent are our special petitions, they are offered as subject to God's love and wisdom, says St. Thomas Aquinas. So this implies accepting the many signs 
the many signs sent us, and trusting these signs by being more attentive to those who can help us read and understand these signs. My conscience first, my spiritual director, my confessor, my entourage, friends, family, my own readings, and so on. So Thomas probably doubted the word of the eleven other apostles, which seem quite incredible when you think about it. But what a lesson for us. When so many signs are given to us regarding what the divine will of God is for our lives, no need to have recourse to any extraordinary means, revelations, miracles. No, but a patient and humble disposition of the soul that allows man to abandon himself entirely in the hands of his good father. Holy abandonment also is more frequently practiced in little things than in great trials, writes a spiritual author. Nor it is true to say that but by his will of good pleasure, God carries us in his arms and makes us advance without any effort on our part. Ordinarily, at least, he requires our active cooperation, our personal exertions, and our progress shall be in proportion to our goodwill. It may be our misfortune, alas, to frustrate the action of God by the intoxication of pride in prosperity or by insubordination in adversity. Then, in truth, we shall be able to make giant strides, but in a backward direction. So the good Lord is patient and asks as only condition to our prayer that we persevere and humbly participate to His holy will by simply fulfilling our duties of our state in life, by obeying His commandments and those of the Church. And then, He gives at the proper time, at His time, not our time. His time, not only what we need, but much more, whether we realize it or not. Look again at Thomas. Eight days later, Christ comes back and enters the house, although the doors were shut. As a pure spirit, Thomas, therefore, seeing the Lord appearing to him, certainly recognized him right away and knew it was the risen Christ. And certainly right away also realized his mistake, his lack of faith, his incredulity. However, Christ approaches him and asks him what he himself in his lack of faith had requested in the past. And Christ says, put in thy finger hither. And see my hands, and bring hither thy hand, and put it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Although it was certainly not necessary for Thomas to do so once again, because he knew right away, seeing Christ going through the walls, the doors, he knew that it was Christ himself. He certainly had no doubt. But double effect here. He believes, and he has access to the very source of God's mercy. And not the contrary. First he believes. Then he has access to the source of God's mercy. His sacred wounds. His pierced side. Open door to his sacred heart. Fountain of life and holiness. And here St. Thomas Aquinas 
make these comments. We have the strongest signs of God's profound pity. And pity can be replaced by mercy, of course. First in this, he says, that he loves the human race so much that he sometimes allows tribulation to afflict his elect, like St. Thomas. So that from these, some good can accrue to the human race. Why did God allow so many saints and holy men to sin gravely? And he gives the example of David, who did so by adultery and murder, King David. If not to teach us to be more careful and humble. Proper disposition of prayer. It is so that one who thinks he is standing firm will take care not to fall, as says St. Paul. And so that one who has fallen will make the effort to rise. Another proof of his infinite mercy now. Injustice, and that could be a whole other sermon, justice and mercy kept together, of course, in God. Injustice he should have corrected and even, even reproved, rebuked Thomas for his incredulity. But God searches the heart and the reins, says Psalm 7. He knows the contrite heart of his beloved apostle and that act of humility to come and to touch his wounded side is enough to cure the soul. Humility again because his disposition when he saw Christ entering the house, he certainly, I think, certainly already knew his mistake. So he better... You know, humanly speaking, it was better for him to stand by and wait, knowing that Christ, you know, knew about his mistake. You usually try to stay away from any uh, uh, reprobation from the master. But no, he humbly comes and tries to access God's divine mercy, the sacred uh, wounds of our Lord. His mercy can be received and can heal the soul if only the sinner is truly repentant and accept the divine balm of consolation to be applied on his own wounds. So let us finally on this Sunday after Easter ask our Lord the grace of a more sincere abandonment and resignation to his holy will by accepting daily what he wishes to send us and the grace of a deeper contrition and detestation, hatred of any of our past sins, and a greater desire to unite ourselves to his sacred heart, so as to receive from him the streams of mercy that will extinguish the flames coming out of hell, trying to engulf the world. Most sacred heart of Jesus, patient and most merciful, have mercy on us. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.